What up, though? I'm your boy CB. That's Chill B, and this is the Chill Bravado Podcast, where I bring you a series called Laker 82-16, where we cover the grind of an 82-game-long season where it takes 16 wins to get the chip in the end. And I just wanted to come in and give my reaction, my recap to the Boston game, the Boston Massacre um, you know, and all things happen there. I'm going to give you some grades on the starters. I'm going to give you some grades on the bench and on the coaching. And then I want to touch on a tale of two teams. You know, we're going to break that down of how this Laker team uh, is definitely a tale of two teams. And, and, and it showed in this one game. It gives us a good example of what we look for. And then we'll start talking about the trades and all those things. So we'll get in how I feel about that and December 15th is now here and finally here. So this is a day the Lord has made. And as well as this is the day that people can be traded. All right, all right, all right. Let's break it down. Let's get right to it. I'm going to give you some grades on this particular game just because it's a, it's a rival game. It's the Boston Celtics. Um, I wasn't very confident going in the game that we were going to win it. But in the back of my mind, I always say, we have a shot against these guys. And early in that game, we definitely did not look very impressive at all. Uh, the first quarter, Boston came out. And they were really just hitting everything. The threes were dropping. It, it took a while for them to miss. But I'm thinking if we're going to get hit like this, let's get hit like this early in the first. And then let's not get hit like this in the beginning of the third quarter or, or, or during crunch time in the second quarter, you know. So the first quarter, they, they got us 37 to 24. And I was like, okay, all right. They, they, they started off well. And then in the second quarter, as we looked, they, they outscored us 28-26. So this is when I was a little worried. I was like, we're going into halftime. We're not a great third quarter team. So I'm like, yeah, this third quarter is probably going to be to make a break. And for the majority of that third quarter, it looked like Boston was just going to walk away with this. But then some things start to happen. Some turnovers start going. We start getting some transition buckets. And we outscored them 32-23 to in the third quarter. And we even outscored them in the fourth quarter. But... That's when we get to these grades and these breakdowns and these situational things that we're about to get to because we all know how it ended. We took a loss in overtime, 122 to 118. All right, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, Anthony Davis and his free throws and Russ and the shots. We're going to definitely get to that, but let me get to my grades first. I want to grade my starters, uh, my starters. I'm going to grade the starters of the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, and Dennis and Pat Bev together still disgust me. I give this starting group a D, a D. No, no plus, no minus, just a D. It was terrible to watch in the opening. I, I just feel like every game, we're always going to start in a hole. Or we're always going to start a little slow. We're always going to start small, you know, coming up small, if you will, just seeing the size of our two guards. Offensively, we have no juice there. It's an eyesore to watch. Um, and it's like we're just trying to hold on and stay back. And I just feel like the starters get a D for me because we always start down. We never come out and punch a lot of teams in the mouth. The teams that we do do that against us. It's a shock and it's surprising. I, I'm, I'm, I'm always amazed when we come out of the first quarter with a lead 
Uh, uh, and then sometimes when we have those leads in the first quarter, we might get up by 12 points, eight points, but it'll always end up being like a two point lead going into the second quarter. Or, you know, and then in the second quarter, we get a little juice, we get a little life. And that's when our bench comes in. But in this, this particular ball game, I, I started off with giving them a B minus because I'm thinking about Russ at 20, 14, and five, and Reeves is just a winning type of player. But then I drop it all the way from a B minus to a C minus because the rest is a no show. You know, we didn't have Gabriel. You know, Thomas Brown only played seven minutes, so we, we didn't particularly have another big to go to. And it was just very discouraging to watch our bench. You know, you look at Troy Brown played 31 minutes, only had two points. Like, it was, you know, he only took three shots. You know, Thomas Brown, like I said, only played seven minutes. Kendrick Nunn continues to give us much of nothing. He had three points, you know, and of course, Max Christie's not going to play because he's a rookie and Damon Jones just not, never find his way into this matchup. So you're left with depending on Reeves and Westbrook, and those are the guys. Westbrook gave you the points and the rebounds and the energy. Reeves gives you the time he plays defensively. Only had four points, and it's kind of crazy because you just it just felt like he was more involved in the game, but that's just him defensively. So we could have used a little more for him offensively. So I gave, just for this game, C-minus for the bench. The bench really really didn't didn't impact the game it was only a player or two like it, it wasn't the bench unit you know I, like i said gabriel who missed it we could have definitely used him to give anthony davis you know some rest in the second half because we're gonna get right to that coaching i give a d as well a d because playing ad the full second half is risque it's risky and if you win you look great because you know you you put it all out there you leaned on your stars but when you lose the questions come and the question should be coming. And this should come more often um, when it comes to that because AD obviously was gassed and tired. He doesn't make excuses for missing those free throws. But this is a couple games now. We've seen him down the, stretch, down the stretch just come up short at the free throw line. And he is a, you know, people act like that's him. He's an 83% free throw shooter. He's been shooting the free throw very well this year. I felt like LeBron and his terrible free throw shooting kind of rubbed off on him the last couple of years. And in this year, he's breaking out of that funk. But unfortunately, it's like a mental battle going on right now with him in the clutch and in, the, in, the, in you know, close game situations at the end. He's missed, you know, and his mental, his, his fatigue is probably wrapped up in a lot of things. Get out of your own head type of mentality. But I'm not going to say him beat him up for that because we would not be in that game if it was for him. But you, you really will, you know, hope in the future he would make those shots. I'm not about to go in and talk all crazy about that. Coaching continues. Um, let's continue with coaching. Um, fourth quarter crunch time and overtime disappointments. And it's just the fourth quarter, the offense, man. It's, it's non-existent. We get to getting the ball to LeBron. He dribbles it, dribbles it. And it looks like James Harden, you know, just playing with the ball. And then he decides to make a one shot. And we're getting one shot. We're not getting multiple attacks at the rim. We're not running anything. This doesn't help Lonnie Walker. This doesn't help anybody. AD rarely even going is not even going to get the ball because they're going to go out of their way. The defense says to make sure he's not going to get it anywhere near. Because this is when you're most locked in defensively if you're a team trying to beat the Lakers. Because we can't let AD get the ball and 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 be able to just attack the basket wherever he wants to. We got to make him shoot jumpers. We got to make him, you know, push him out 17 feet before he even gets the ball. So it it, it relies on LeBron and the jumper and the turnarounds and the fadeaways and. It relies on Russ and the one-on-ones and the the, the three-pointers and the the, the pull-up jumpers. 
Yeah, it, it gets bad. So, <clears throat> and the roster is just incomplete as a roster, not constructed very well. So I can't give it all, you know, all the blame to Ham, but you know, this front office, you want to give them something, you can give them a D in the F or whatever you want to give them. But coaching for this game was a D, man. So you know, the starters got a D, the bench went from B minus to a C minus once I thought about it. The coaching gets a D. But when we come back, I'm going to continue talking about this game <clears throat> and things that have plagued us through this season as we talk about the tale of two teams. And it's all wrapped up in one. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, or however they say it, we're going to call this um, King James and LeBrick James. I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to think of something. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Let's talk about the tale of two teams. Also, thank you for tuning in, checking us out. You know, we're available on all platforms, podcast platforms. Make sure you make it, you know, your first listen, um, or, you know, regarding the Lakers and in, in, in the in all basketball with the Lakers. I don't cover any other teams, just Lakers, baby. The rest of them don't matter. But I think I'm going to open up to doing more teams. And I think I'm going to make it, you know, around the NBA, you know, in, in the the threat that team or teams have to the Lakers. So it's still going to be Laker-based. I just feel like I, I could talk about more than one team. I'm not that selfish. But if you want to hear all things sports, make sure you go tune into my homie, JR, you know, brother from another. Um, he has all things sports podcast where he covers, you know, I'm about to do my own thing, the covers, the grind of college football, um, baseball, MLB. I go to him from MLB because I'm not, I'm not watching MLB um, you know, takes. I only watch the games and mostly on the playoff games. You know, shout out to Aaron Judge going back with the Yankees. Um, and then he goes into the NFL on power rankings and he has his rants. And I'm going to get into it a little bit later about me and him and, his, and our disagreements as far as he's trading these picks and the FD's picks chance. I'll get into that. But before, you know, let's get into the tale of two teams. Okay. Let's talk about one team. One team starts off slow. They get down by 20. You know, bad third quarters. Terrible late game execution. That's one team. You know, you've recognized that team. You might have seen that team just recently. All right, then you had other teams. You know, AD's dominating in the paint. You know, you know they attack the rim. You know, transition buckets off defense. Russ Energy. Austin Reeves, AR-15. You know, it's a lot of things going on there. But you get both of these teams in the same game. And it's so crazy to watch it's frustrating to watch when we got up by 13 against boston i looked down at the clock and i said we just have too much time left and we're gonna we're really gonna screw this up and, it, and it, i could never get happy i was like we're never we're not gonna win this game and if we do it's gonna be by the hair of you know russ's chinny chin chin you know it's gonna be a rust play good or bad it's gonna cost us but it was more than just a rust play good or bad it was multiple plays by multiple people, but Russ was definitely an eyesore. You know, in the beginning of the season, in the offseason, I was talking about how Russ, when you make mistakes, just don't make them so loud. And Russ's mistakes were loud, okay? Shooting the three-pointers. You know, God forbid that one three drop for him because when we got to overtime, it was the Russ show. AD and LeBron is like, oh, I'm tired. So, you know, I can't. I can't impose my will i'm tired you know and, and and you know i'm in year 20 and ad's like you know i think my back's hurting again that's what people were thinking but ad was gas lebron just you can tell and I, i'll say it again and i was talking to jr about this i was saying this team's gonna be sink or swim with those two guys and i'll get into that reason why because that's trade talk i'm sorry let me continue about the tale of the two teams but when we see these two teams it begs of a trade 
because it's one team. And how can we find a way to balance this out and find a middle ground? It's the trade. But the question is, who do you trade for? And how much do you give up in that trade? I'm going to get to that in a minute. But this team has showed the front office that they have enough. Anthony Davis is here to stay as long as he's healthy because we have yet to see a team that's completely just, like, just nullified him. Because we've seen him give Giannis and the Bucks buckets. Got in foul trouble against Philly. Came back in, still gave Embiid and Philly buckets. Detroit had no answer. You have not. I mean, I can't wait to play against Denver. No, they're up next because I'm pretty sure he's going to give buckets at them as long as he can finish the game. And then I really, you know, Washington, of course, the Porzingis and those guys, that's buckets, you know, but I want to get to the Suns. That's the game I want to get to is coming Monday. So I'm, I'm we're going to talk about the other two teams, but that's the matchup I want. And we know why. Oh, the Suns, the Suns. Right now they're down, and I like kicking the I like kicking the Suns while they're down. Okay, so if you want to get petty, me just come on when we play against the Suns, the Clippers, Boston. I just don't feel that same energy toward this team, not yet, because they, you know. But if they want a chip, I probably will. But this unit have been together for a while, and I'm just like until you win the title, like you know, regular season games only going to frustrate me momentarily. But I tell you what does frustrate me, watching this team be both, okay? Is this AD's team? Is this LeBron's team? Is this Russ's <laughs> Russ's team? We know what this team looks like. Unfortunately, it, it depends on which quarter that you're watching. Up oh, here comes the third quarter, Wolves. Up oh, here comes the fourth quarter, you know, non-play calling. The coaches, where are you? Gray D. So we, we just got to see which, which team are we? And how can a trade make this team be the better version of it? Because you're going to have a little bit of both going on. But at the right moments, can we get, you know, just positive, you know, progression of play calling? Can we get anything that's going to cause us to continue to move toward the good team and stay away from the bad team? You're going to have those bad moments, but they can't be in crucial moments. They can't be in crucial times. They can't be in fourth quarters. They can't be when you're trying to sneak out a win and make another statement. You beat Milwaukee. And it's like, okay, yeah, we lost the Pacers in a bad fashion, but we beat Milwaukee, yeah. You could have said we beat Boston, the top team in the league, best record, front-running um, MVP candidate in Jason Tatum. And I, this is the only part I'm going to give these guys credit because I'm not talking about Boston that well. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they're amazing. But as the game goes on, one thing, look, we and I want to talk to JR about Malcolm Brogdon because we played him off the floor. Didn't see him no more, did you? Huh? Yeah, he needs to grow a little more facial hair. That mustache thing is looking, it just doesn't work for me. I don't understand. But we, no Robert Williams, no Al Horford. I get that. But one thing Boston needs is they need a real ball handler, okay? And I'm not talking about what Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown do, because they're going to get to the paint, and they're going to bop, bop. But you need the guys who come in and keep them from turning that ball over so much, because the, the the amount of turnovers they had and that we generated against them, that got us back in the game. They need a point guard. They need a ball handler, not necessarily just a point guard. I'll I take that back. You don't need positionless basketball. I forgot. But they need somebody else who can control the basketball and keep them from trying to bop, bop, and Jalen Brown only got one. He's got one thing with his mind when he gets the ball and starts bopping. He's going in. So, and if you don't understand or, or you don't agree with me, how many travels did they have? Give the ball to a man who's going to be 
you know, steady and constant and relaxed and get these other guys so they can bop in the positions and in the um, spots they like on the floor. But I digress. That's all the boss talk you're getting out of me. I'll be right back to talk about the trades. This team screams, trade me. I know I whispered, so it's kind of oxymoron, but this team was whispering, trade me, a long time ago. Now that we've seen what AD can do, now that we see, you know, LeBron will be the best, you know, sidekick. I don't want to say sidekick. That's disrespectful. AD is alpha one and LeBron alpha 1.5 or two or Whichever way, I don't know. I'm just confusing myself. But you see what I'm saying? If AD's the man and he's the guy we're going through, running through, this team looks like it can beat anybody. It, it can beat anybody. But it, it can't be anybody because of a couple flaws that's getting us in trouble. Size being one of them. When AD goes to the bench, Thomas Bryant plays hard, but he's not a rim protector. You know, he's not a defensive enforcer. He's just a big body guy who has nice touch around the rim. William Gabriel, not a big guy, gives a lot of effort, energy, but he's not AD. You know, and who is? But we have no one serviceable behind AD that can come in and successfully run the five and be a rim-protecting big, and that's a problem. So do we trade for a big? But wait a minute. Our flaws don't stop there. We start Pat Bev and Dennis Schroeder. You know what they are? Small. I mean, we, we, we all see it. Um, Pat Bev can talk all he wants. He's done a great job on certain positions and certain times of the game. He does pretty well defensively, but offensively, he stinks. He hasn't given us anything. He hit a three early in the game, and then he hit another one later. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, you know, he hit two shots. And when I say, oh, my God, my, you know, percent career average three-point shooter you know, the best on the team right now, career-wise, hits two threes, and I'm excited. That lets you know how bad it is. Dennis, they're not scared of Dennis shooting threes. It's not, his shot's so slow, and that's one thing that hurts him. His ability to get space and shoot his jumper is it's not happening anymore against the right teams because it takes his shot so long to get up. Watch him when he shoots. He rears back, and that thing is, he has no quick trigger. It's, it's not, he doesn't even do like Chris Paul and fades. It doesn't even, how does Chris Paul get that shot off? Because he knows how to get his body contoured to get you off, and he still has enough of that bop, bop to get, you know, when he's when he's healthy and not choking. But, um, so you look at that. Lonnie Walker, who, who is fine. He, he can score the basketball, but it, he gets lost in this because the play calling doesn't really benefit him um, the majority of the time. He's no, he's going to get stuff on, on transition, amazing transition score. Um, when he, when the offense is actually running in offense, he's able to get things within the offense. Um, and he's been one of the guys that when he shoots the three, I'm like, he's probably going to make it more often than not. Him and Austin Reeves, I'm like, well, I don't mind them shooting open threes. But when Pat Bev shoots it, as long as he doesn't hesitate, I don't mind. But when Dennis shoots it, it's normally off the dribble. Um... Troy Brown, I just I don't know why he's falling to the wayside. He's no longer a guy who they, they're wanting to start since Pat Bev is, you know, terrorizing us all in the starting lineup. So what are we trading for? Big wing. 
No more guards. No more point guards. Unless you, unless you're packaging up two of these guards that we have and go and get another one that's going to be better. Now I'm fine with that. But no more little guards if you if you're not getting rid of some of the little guards we got. Um, hard to find forwards. You know, we've heard the names out there. The Cam Reddishes. You know, Evan Fournier, a shooter. Um, you know, Bogdanovich, a shooter. Um, now of course you heard Miles turning, Buddy Hill, and all that. Now you're hearing Coos. Um, it's just been a, a, a lot of names being thrown around. And Pat Bev was reported by um, by Dave Fisher, I think it was, um, to saying that if he was to get moved from the Lakers, he would prefer going back to the T-Wolves. So if, let's say, he did get traded to Detroit, that means he would probably be bought out, and then he would be able to go to whatever team he wishes to, and that would be Minnesota, which is fine. I think he would fit better with Minnesota. Um, I seen a report where they were saying Zach Levine, would he satisfy the Lakers enough to give up those first-round picks? Will he be a guy that you look at to give up the first-round picks for? Zach Levine with the Lakers? With LeBron? With AD? You know, does that mean you move Russ? Like, but I'm going to talk about that real quick. I'm going to take a quick break. I want to have a full time to just address a conversation that me and JR had and he brought up on his podcast, All Things Sports. So I'm going to take a quick break, and I'm going to come back and get right back into what I feel like I would do or wouldn't do with the tray. All right. Now this is dedicated to all my at home GMs. You know, my, my couch potato GMs, my rec league GMs, my YMCA GMs, my church league GMs, everybody who's telling the Lakers what they need to do. Shout out to all of you. Cause I'm one of them. So I'm not throwing in shade. And I'm not saying I have the best options and opinions and answers, but here you go. I'm not trading away my first round picks just to make LeBron and AD happy unless I'm getting back someone who's going to put me in the upper echelon of contendership, okay? And who are those guys going to be? You start naming them. If I'm getting, you know, Shea Gildress, Alexander, Damon Lillard, Bradley Beal, um, you know, just those guys, those type of guys, of course, you know, I'm going for that. Those guys are guys who moves the needle way over, but I'm, most of these guys is unrealistic. You're not getting those guys, um, you know, realistically. So, you know, but, but anything can happen is Kevin Garnett once, you know, anything's possible is what Kevin Garnett screamed one year that they won that run ring, you know, legend, legend. Anyways, um, and, and I know people are saying just trade the picks and, and do it now. Well, Lakers are in win-now mode, I've always heard. Not just from JR, but from a lot of people. We're win-now mode. Well, if you've been rocking with the Lakers long enough, win-now mode normally leaves you with a decade of hurt, a decade of, you know, stagnation. Let's not forget, the 80s free agency was not really that big of a thing. So stop comparing to the 80s where you just get guys and you play for a decade. In the 90s, do you remember what the Lakers were? We were not winning titles. We were watching Jordan win titles. You remember that? We were not, you know, you know, going deep in the playoffs every year, year in and year out. No. So then it picked back up. You know, we got Shaq and Kobe. They, once they got their act together, and Shaq and Kobe started to figure it out. And we got some pieces around them. Then we go on our run in the early 2000s. No three-peating off. Then that dries up. And then, you know, Kobe, you know, he gets pow and, 
you know, then then after that you get our tests, you know, and we we hit the we hit the back to back, oh nine and in twenty ten, then we fall off, and then in twenty twenty, oh the dare I talk about the bubble championship, that people say oh it's just the bubble championship, you know we should rename the bubble championship after LeBron, you know Evan Turner. I mean, I get it. I mean, I ha- I didn't hear the way he said it, but just reading the article lets me know it's a little hate in them their jeans. You know what I'm saying? It's a little hate. It's hate there. You know, you don't need that type of hate in your heart. I didn't know that was in your DNA. But I'll say this. If you look at the structure of it, when now mode is fine. But we're in a time right now where we have an aging LeBron James. Do we want to sacrifice the whole future to make him happy? And then he bounces in two years. And now you have no assets because i don't want to keep the picks just because i want to draft players i don't care about drafting players but do you want to keep them so you'll be able to make moves down the line so what would be better i'm not saying this is i'm not saying what they should or shouldn't do but what i wouldn't do is i'm not just going to trade for miles turner and, and buddy hill and give unprotected first round picks if i can put protections on those picks then i'm more i'm more open to negotiation okay i'm not a guy that's going to give up unprotected that means if I if you can't protect them and you know top five top three protected or you know top ten protected, give yourself something that we if it does go south you be like well at least we try to give ourselves some type of wiggle room or you know, but just giving them up unprotected no restrictions they can just have it that's what got you in the in the business you're in now you did that with AD and you know you did pick swaps but you, know, you see how that's going. Pelicans number one in the league right now. I mean, on, in the West right now. And then you got the Lakers fighting to get in the playing spot. So, you know, that's going bad in your favor. Um, And, and all these picks you gave to them for AD, you got the chip off of it. So, I mean, all's fair. Then you turn around and you trade Russ and you do that, you know, trade for Russ. And that sends a lot of assets out. You let Ellis Caruso walk. You trade T, um, THT. And, and and you you get him off your books. You bring in Pat Bev. So now I'm fine with packaging Pat Bev and Kendrick Nunn and maybe a protected first or if I even have to do a first and getting something, a shooter, Bogdanovich, whatever. I want to make, quote, trades around the margins. I don't want to make these big splashy trades. I want to make these low-level trades that's going to boost up our ability to just get in the playoffs and let's see what this team can do. Or I'm fine with, you know, because I'm fine with trading Russ. If you're gonna trade Russ, and and maybe use one of those, one of those picks, I'm fine with that. Like, what are you bringing back though? You have to bring back a Buddy Hill or Miles Turner or, or somebody of that nature to satisfy that. You know, what do you bring? Like, it's always about the what you're bringing back for me. So I'm not just trading them away just to be trading them away. Because if if they don't work out, then what? You know, or you can do both. You can take Russ in one of those picks and, and trade him for something. Then take Pat Bev and Nunn and maybe protect the pick and trade him for something. And let's see what you get back. Let's see. Let me see something that makes makes sense. Let me see something that's really going to move the needle, whether it moves it a little with marginal trades or swings big to the fences for a big trade. So if you make it, just know Rob Palinka only has, this is it. This is all he has. This is the last couple bullets he has, bro. It's over. Like, if once you make these moves, there's not going to be an easy way to make another move. Because if they don't work, you're probably not the GM much longer. <laughs> you know, and, and if they don't work, LeBron can, you know, 
you know, take, move his talent somewhere else after his extensions up. AD's contracts also align with his. Um, so yeah, man, like to, to me, I'm not rushing it because well, no, no, I won't, I won't say I'm not rushing it because it needs to be made soon if you're going to do it, but I'm not so much in a hurry to just throw away the future. If it doesn't make sense, that's all I'm saying. Like if you're going to make the move, make it make sense. You know, whatever move you're going to make and, and also live with whatever move you make. Cause I'm fine either way. If we trade away Russ in these picks, I'm still a Laker fan. It don't matter to me. Cause I'm going to be here regardless. I might complain about it, but at the end of the day, what do I care? I'm going to be here. I don't, I'm not jumping in. I'm not a LeBron fan. I'm not a, you know, I'm a Laker fan. You know, I do love LeBron now, but I'm just, I'm not here because of him. So a lot of these people who want them to do this is because we want to maximize LeBron, <laughs> maximize LBJ, da, 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 you know, whatever. But I digress. I thank you guys for tuning in. Um, until we play against the Suns, you will not hear from me because this weekend we need to get two wins, period, point blank. That's it. That's the podcast.